same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you Morning, everybody. Stand on up.
that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me.
Ready? I'm not Jack, obviously, but we're going to do the best we can. Jack is out today, so if you're watching online, which I know you are, Jack, hi, how are you? Um, so all the kids can be dismissed now to the Sunday school, Haven Kids, whatever they call it now. Um, we're going to have a couple of announcements. In the meantime, greet each other, say hello, and Happy New Year. Let's, uh, good morning. And uh, the most important thing in the world, uh, a blue Jeep Patriot, your lights are still on in the parking lot, so we'll all know who you are when you stand up, and you owe me $80 in case your battery died, okay? Um, but we just wanted to share that so we don't have someone stranded after church. Um, I don't see anybody leaving. That scares me. Um, and we want... <laughs> You go, girl. Now we know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, uh, I, I do want to shout out to Melinda. Stand up, Melinda, if you can. She's in the back there. Yay. Uh, Melinda does a multitude of things. She's an unsung, very quiet hero. Probably most of you don't even know who she is, but she's amazing. She does all of these things that flip forward and backwards and all that good stuff, and she helps me on the host team. So she is truly amazing and was a big help for the conference this year. So we want to recognize her. Um, also, we have, um, hi, Jack, and I'm not Jack. And I'm not supposed to say hi, Jack, because that's bad on a plane, but I'm not on a plane, so we're good. Uh, Jack and his family is traveling. We give them traveling mercies, and hopefully he's watching, and he knows I'm going to take a whole extra minute, so. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Um, <laughs> I am full of myself today, but it's lack of sleep. Um, I still want us to keep June and Chris in our hearts as they lost, uh, she lost her husband. Um, 
couple days after Christmas, so we really want to keep that family in our hearts. Um, and adding to that list, um, Jen Cummings has lost her aunt, and we want to keep her in prayer. Um, Carol Ann has lost a neighbor in her neighborhood, and we want to keep them in prayer. Um, so, you know, it's the season, and sometimes this is when we experience a lot of death. So keep those people in mind. Um, pay it forward with a card, brownies, just a hug. Sometimes that's all they need to get through, but keep them in mind. Um, I want to shout out to a couple people out there that are watching. Um, Hope. Liz, Lisa, Bailey, Mr. Shrub, we haven't seen him in a couple weeks. I'm getting a little concerned, so we hope that he's okay and healing. Um, Dale, get him ready for his back surgery coming up. Uh, and Deborah Chadwick, it's so nice to see you back here today. Yay! Um, she's been out for a little while. Um, and also, we'd like to lift uh, Taylor Day. Um, and all those with COVID, because some of our best buds aren't here today because they're home with COVID. So we want them to get better and come on back when they're not contagious. Um, I want to congratulate Hannah. She is not here today, but she graduated um, from, I think it's Douglas Schilling School, and she's just doing awesome. So uh, you go, Hannah. It's all good. Um, I also want to shout out and thank everyone for their donations for the family that had the fire. Um, I know that there's still some things they need, and you can see Jennifer um, to get in touch with her for any needs that they might have. Um, and just a quick question. We all started a new year. How many of you already blown one of your... No? Oh, my God, you guys are really good. I'm in trouble now. Oh, God, I'm a sinner. Okay. Y'all are great, or else you're all lying, as Jack says. How many of you did not make any? Yes! Thank you, Jesus. I'm not all that bad. I pulled out last year's and just put another year on it and said, whoo because <laughs> I didn't get any of those either. But anyway, okay, Grief Share is going to be starting in a couple weeks. If you have friends or families or yourself that you've lost a loved one, our group starts. It runs 13 weeks. It is an amazing study and sharing of how to get through the grief process, and we have had amazing success stories with that program. So we invite you all. Um, I think I got everybody and everything. Who? I have one more. Oh, James, Sight and Sound starts tomorrow. That wasn't on my list. Uh, so I get credit for not forgetting it. Okay. Um, I am just, uh, we're going to pray. Then I have exciting news after that. So let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for this new year so that we can all not make challenging things for us to try to do, but just to look forward to having you guide us every day and lead us. Let us lay down our burdens, our concerns to you. Let us give them to you and not take them back because I know you will handle them. Be with those today that are here that have lost loved ones in the past week or so, touch their hearts, 
keep them safe. This is a hard time to go through. Be with those who are struggling in recovery. Be with those that are struggling with finances. And be with all of us that each day we will pay it forward just to one person because we might be what saves their life and brings them to Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Now, my exciting news is we have a guest speaker today, and we're going to give it up with a hand of a uh, round of applause for Laura Young. And she's going to be amazing. at the start of a brand new year, 2024. And Joanna, Joanna asked the question, how many of you have made some kind of New Year's resolution? And hardly anybody did. So that took away my next question, which was, what was some of them? But I guess I don't have any to ask. Did you know that the tradition of making resolutions goes back some 4,000 years? Statistics tell us that 38% of people make New Year's resolutions each year, but only 9% of them stick to them all year long. 80% of the resolutions are forgotten by February. Adults, 46 of them will usually stick to their resolution for about six months. 54% of parents make New Year's resolutions. Wonder why that is. 39% of people want to improve their fitness, 33% want to improve their diets, and 81% are trying to improve their mental health by focusing on spirituality and taking social media breaks. And did you know that Fridays is the most popular day for goal setters to stop their resolutions? The truth of the matter is that many of these resolutions will be broken in a couple of months or maybe even never started at all. In reality, some of us are still having issues with things that happened in 2023. And whether it is good or bad, it's over, it's done, and we cannot change it. Simply, we must live with the results of the past and move forward. Don't keep looking back. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we are told, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't it great that every year God gives us a chance for a fresh start at life? Each day there is so much stuff that can clutter up our lives, some days I feel like I'm running with 10 pound, 10 tons of weights on my legs. So I think it's just time to declutter. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, some of the clutter that we have is external clutter, 
like a messy house and piles of toys, closets full of clothes that you either don't wear anymore or they don't fit. And God says in Luke 12, 15, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Some clutter that we have is internal, like worry, anxiety, strained relationships, resentment, jealousy, stress, distractions, and even overbooked calendars. Clutter is a common human experience. Some of us have more clutter than others because we hold on to things more tightly. But like it or not, we all have stuff. How many of you have boxes of stuff in your basement or your garage or your shed? <laughs> we moved from um, a larger house in Elkton to a little condo in Northeast, and um, we had to go through stuff. And when we started going through, we found out how much of it had actually deteriorated. The mice and the moths get into the boxes and ruin the items. I can remember picking up one box that we brought into the house to go through and three little mice ran out. They were running like crazy all over the, our living room and I'm sure I heard them yelling, I'm free, I'm free. But much to their demise, we had two cats and they said, yum, lunch. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 3.6 tells us there is a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. And here at the beginning of 2024, maybe it's time to clean house. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So unlike those boxes full of stuff like old yearbooks, uh, kids' papers from school, artwork that they did in kindergarten, maybe some baby teeth, and we can't forget the headless Barbies and Star Wars characters. Treasures in heaven cannot be destroyed. Our time and energy are better spent building treasures in heaven we should be concentrating on spiritual treasures above all else, because that's what lasts. When we focus on what does last, it makes the clutter look different. So many times this clutter keeps us from focusing on the blessings that God gives us. Are you so busy? Is your schedule so demanding that you don't feel like you have time for anything? What if we would try something different and instead of making New Year's resolutions, we would try making New Year's transformations? Here are a few possible transformations that we might consider before setting out on any path in the new year. Number one, seek God at the start of every day. Get right with God and stay close to him all through the day. So what does it mean to seek God's face? First, let's look at the word face. 
The Hebrew word for face in the Old Testament is often translated presence. So when we seek God, we are seeking his presence. When you think about it, our face reveals so much about our character and our personality. We recognize a person by the way they look and how their face is. We can even tell if they're having a good day or a bad day. So in a sense, the face represents the whole person. In Psalm 105.4, God's faithful ones were called to seek his face always. Even if we have not abandoned God, there are times when we just seem to forget about him. God urges us to seek his face continually so we can be, so that he can be our constant companion in every experience of life. He wants us to know him through and through. If we draw close to him, God will draw close to us. When we approach God in prayer, we are seeking his face. The true nature of worship that we do here each Sunday morning is to seek God's face. Seeking God's face means desiring to know his character and wanting him, his presence, more than anything else that he can give us. God's face shines on us, and it's an expression of his blessing, his love, and his favor. While seeking God's face, we can pray David's prayer from Psalm 51, verses 10 and 11. And this was taken from the voice. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore within me a sense of being brand new. Do not throw me far away from your presence and do not remove your Holy Spirit from me. So when we think about uncluttering our lives spiritually, we've got to start with our own heart. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So how do we allow this to happen? Well, one way is we can start making planned pauses throughout the day. These are times when you force yourself to slow down and relax. Time to think about things that help you to relieve some stress. Have you ever thought about God when you're sitting at a red light instead of yelling at the people all around you? Maybe we ought to talk to God. Maybe you could take a long way to work. I know it takes a few more minutes, but kind of get out of the, the traffic. Um, I know that our daughter tr goes from Perryville to Elkton, and lots of days, you know, she takes 95 and calls, and she's just beside herself because the traffic was just crazy. So she sometimes takes the long way up through rising sun and around just to kind of clear her mind and have a little bit of time to breathe. My favorite way to relax and de-stress is to listen to praise and worship music. For me, this covers everything from the old hymns of the church to the scripture that was put to songs back in the 70s to the songs we sing today. And when I listen to these songs and the words that are sung, I find encouragement. The words renew my mind, feed my spirit, and improve my mental health. They help me increase my faith and help me to have a closer walk with God. My nose is itching. 
So often throughout the day, I find myself singing to God and thanking him for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in the days to come. So if you ever go down the road and you see me, I am probably singing and just say, well, there she goes. Another thing we can do is tame the stress promoters in our day. What kinds of things make you stress? Is it your cell phone? Is it social media? You know, back in the day when social media first came out and I got my cell phone, I tried it, but I quickly realized it was not for me. I really didn't know, need to know about everything everybody was doing every day. So I am no longer on Facebook or any other social media sites. When we get stressed, maybe take a long walk. Look at God's creation and think about things that you're thankful for. Back in 2008, I gave up 36 years of nursing to become a full-time mom -om. We now have four grandsons, and I have watched each of them since they were six weeks old. One by one, they grew up and went off to school. They are currently 15, two of them are 13, and the other one is eight. And I still have them all summer. When they were little, some days were really, really challenging. And the only place that I could go for some peace and quiet was to lock myself in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was only usually in there long enough to say, Lord, help me get through this day. Then I'd come out and take a few breaths and start again. But the only thing was, while I was trying to get myself refocused, they were standing outside the bathroom door, knocking on the door and saying, are you in there? Are you in there? <sighs> but what a blessing those years have been. Another way to tame your stress might be to keep a gratitude journal. Take time, list maybe four or five things each day that you're thankful for. And when you do this, it may help shift your attitude and keep your troubles in perspective so they don't have negative effects on you. We have so, so many things to be thankful for each and every day. One thing that I know that I'm thankful for is once a week, I drive to Dover to see my 93-year-old mom. I actually pray for green lights so that I'm not late getting her her bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddle that she's waiting for me to bring her at 9.30 in the morning. But I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know? We need to work at spending quality time with God each day. If we don't build time into our day to allow our relationship with God to grow, we'll never be able to maintain a healthy amount of physical and emotional space. As hard as it may be, we have to stop and face what's going on in our lives. We live in a fast-paced culture which demands so much of us. And these demands can cloud the path to Jesus. And so our spiritual health begins to fail. Let's take a few minutes and think about what might be going on in your life. Are you harboring resentment or bitterness towards someone? Is there someone you need to forgive? Are you stressed beyond your limit? Maybe you're the person that sits around and worries about everything, stuff that happened 20 years ago, stuff that's happening now, and even stuff that's going to happen 15 years from now. Maybe your life is total chaos and you're in a state of confusion, 
of disorder and just plain old noise. Maybe your emotions are cluttered with many unsolved issues and unforgiveness, and you have just have too much drama. How many of you spend too much time fighting fires rather than cleaning up the underlying brush that may be starting the fire in the first place? I don't know about you, but I get to a point where I just feel smothered. I feel like sometimes I just lose total control. My life takes over with clutter, and I even feel like I'm losing my way. Have you ever felt like that? You can't find the path because there's just so much stuff in the way. You can't even walk with Jesus without tripping over all the clutter that you've accumulated. Clutter steals your energy and your joy, and now it's time to take it back. Our second spiritual transformation so let's agree to give our attitudes and our thoughts to the Lord. No matter what you have allowed to come to your life, Jesus is still here with you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He still likes you. In fact, he still loves you so, so much. He's hoping that you might even ask him to help clean up the mess that you've created. Negative thoughts are like a poison to the mind. They cloud every judgment, invoke irritability, and breed discontent. They rob us of living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. There are so many things that we can be negative about. First, that just this world we live in. But as Christians, we are to live in the world, but not be of the world. Reminds me of a song from many, many years ago. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God's word gives us a list of six specific things to think about in Philippians 4, 8. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, decent, upright, whatever is right, factual, accurate, appropriate, whatever is pure, unpolluted, clean, wholesome, whatever is lovely, delightful, good, whatever is admirable, worthy, commendable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Where do all those things that we waste our energy and thoughts on every day fit in here? There are so many things that we have absolutely no control over, and it's best to give our thoughts to God he is God, and we are not. He is sovereign, and we are not. Each of us faces trials, even though I'd rather think of them as adventures along this path of life. Life's events do not determine who we are. God determines who we are. Your life's events will determine how well you will handle the pressures of life. In reality, we have very little control over our emotions, 
but we do have control over our thoughts. And our thoughts and attitudes determine our feelings and our responses. We are not always responsible for what happens to us, but we are responsible for how we respond to what happens. It is so important to fill your mind with the knowledge of God in his word. Taking control of our chaotic thought life must be a priority in order to allow our Savior, Jesus Christ, to shine through. We may not be able to control the chaos around us, but with God's word and the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we can control the chaos that is within us. How great it is that we can come to Jesus with our pain, our emotional hurts, our sorrows, our concerns about family, our worries, our resentments, all those things that seem to clutter our souls. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that can be found in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. When we bring our clutter to him, the God that created us, that molded us and made us into the person he wants us to be, he can sweep it all away. He can lift burdens from your shoulders and can replace them with songs of praise. Our third spiritual revolution, or resolution, could be a revolution, I guess. Don't walk through stuff alone. God is with you. You know, the two of you, you and God, make a great team. So often we think we are forging our path alone. We live as though life is completely up to us. Yet if we are in Christ, we are part of his team. Because we live in a fallen world, sometimes awful things happen. However, when we remember we are God's child created in his image and loved more than we can ever imagine, it gives us strength to face what comes our way. God has made an eternal promise to be with you and to never leave you nor forsake you. The Apostle Paul says, if God is for you, then who can come against you? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It is a reasonable request for God to ask us to present our bodies, our whole person, to him as a living sacrifice. In fact, it's what we owe him. Jesus gave all he had for us and died a cruel, horrific death on an old rugged cross to redeem us, to forgive us from our sins so that you and I can live an abundant life. The least we can do is to dedicate every part of us back to him without any reserve. This includes our minds, the mental part of us where so much of our spiritual warfare takes place, 
Ephesians 6 tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it goes on to say, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. How great is it that we can come to Jesus with our pain, our emotional hurts, our sorrows, our concerns about family, our worries, our resentments, everything that clutters our soul. He already knows about it. All we have to do is talk to him and say, I need this gone. When we bring our clutter to him, the God that created us, that molded us and made us into the person he wants us to be, he can sweep it all away. He can lift the burdens from your shoulders and replace them. You know, God never allows trials or adventures, I like to call them adventures, trials just seems harsh, but adventures I can live with better. Adventures you face to be greater than the grace he gives you to handle them. God allows trials to come into your life, not to impair us, but to improve us. What about the resentment that you have built up against those people who have hurt you? What about resentment that you may have built up against God? What about the worrying you do when you don't work out, when things don't work out the way you want them to? What about the anxiety you feel when your kids make mistakes and don't do things the way you had hoped they would? Jesus said, why not put your hope in me and my unfailing love will rest upon you? When all around you is changing and shifting, you can stand firm in the awareness that you are his much-loved child. All of heaven is cheering you on. No matter what is happening in your life now, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is with you. Instead of constantly worrying and being anxious about what each day may bring, rest and relax in the loving arms of our Heavenly Father. Have you ever been going through a hard time and thought, I just don't feel close to God? I don't think he's here in my prayers. I really just don't think he cares about me. Well, as a few of you know, I was diagnosed with a pituitary brain tumor almost 40 years ago. And I was going to need to see a neurosurgeon to have it removed. I remember driving home from the doctor's office and let's just say I was a mess. I was angry that God would allow this to happen to me. I said to him, Lord, I have gone to church since I was an infant. I started singing for you when I was four years old. How could you, a God of love, let something like this happen to me? I have always been faithful to you, so why are you letting me down now? You say you're the great physician, so why don't you just heal me now? I had so many people praying for me, but it just didn't seem like God was listening. I began to question if God was really who he said he was. One day on my way to work, I got stuck behind a very slow moving dump truck. But through that dump truck, God spoke to me that day because on the back of that truck, right in front of my face was a sign that said, if your problem is too big, then your God is too small. Well, tears started running down my face. 
I have been concentrating so much on my problem and myself that I had not given any glory to God for my life, for all that he had already done for me, for all the blessings that he had given me and all that he was still going to do for me. At that moment, I prayed and asked God to help me become more like him in every way, to get me out of the way so he could shine through. I had a very supportive mom who was a great prayer warrior and a very supportive pastor, Reverend Connie Cohen, Jack's dad. Mom and I teamed up with a group of women at church and I knew that I was being bathed in the grace of God. And Joanne, Jack's mom, started calling all her prayer warriors at every church that they had ever served. Several of the women prayed and fasted, several sent notes, and I finally realized I was not alone in this. I had God and I had the family of God. Some I knew, some I didn't know, but they were all there with me in spirit. Since that day that I was diagnosed, I've had three brain surgeries for this non-cancerous tumor and 25 radiation treatments. At one point, I was even cancer er, tumor-free for 20 years. I was living large and praising God for the time of being tumor-free. But the time that I was spending with God started to decrease. I think I thought I was home free and I didn't need God as much. He had so many other people that needed to, that he needed to help more than I did. About 10 years ago, the follow-up MRI showed that the tumor was back and actually bigger than it had ever been. God, what are you doing? I thought you healed me. I have continued to work at the church to serve you in many ways. The list just goes on. So why do I have to have another brain surgery? Well, God was not silent for long. I heard him say to me, are you still able to trust me to search for peace in my word? And the words started coming. And I'm going to share some of the scripture with you now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who loves him, who have been called according to his purpose. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Should trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is so much in the Bible that came to me that day. It's just unbelievable. We need to understand that everything we go through is part of a process. God uses all kinds of experiences, 
all kinds of people, and all kinds of situations to shape and mold our character. Pleasant and unpleasant, expected and unexpected, easy and extremely difficult, enjoyable and painful. We are all chosen by God to accomplish his good purpose in our lives, including our mistakes and our sins and the mistakes and sins of others. Jesus was saying to me, no matter what tough times you are going through, I am with you. I will help to strengthen you and to give you comfort and peace. There is no problem, no trial on this earth that is bigger than God. Even though we live in a world where we cannot escape trouble and problems, clutter, if you will, remember Jesus has overcome the world. Nothing that you are going to go through in life can separate you from the wonderful love of Jesus. He gives us hope. God sent his Holy Spirit to live in you, and he never leaves your side. God also gave you a protective covering to help bring you to victory. It is the very life of Jesus Christ himself. You know, we're fighting a war every day, and the stakes are higher than they have ever been in human history. Paul wrote in Romans 13 that we should clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So each morning when we get up, we need to walk through putting on the armor of God. And we find these instructions in Ephesians 6, 14 to 17. Stand firm them with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now this buckle is the anchor, and it anchors every other part of God's armor together. To, so de to defeat the enemy, you must start with the truth. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, this covers the heart, and the righteousness protects the heart in a variety of daily battles. Obeying God is a protective shield against being wounded by Satan through sin. We can have that righteousness with us through the grace of God. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The word gospel means good news. The Greek word for peace, arene, means not only peace, but also wholeness and salvation. It has a similar meaning with the Hebrew word shalom. The peace of God is none other than the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Peace is an attribute of our Lord's character. Through faith in Christ, the gospel has the power to forgive sins and provide an avenue for accessing oneness with God. God's word helps us stand firm on the foundation of the gospel. In addition, we are to take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, who is Satan. During ancient times, Roman soldiers carried heavy shields made of tanned animal hide. The shields were dipped into the water before battle so that the wet hide could extinguish the fiery darts. The shield of faith of every Christian must also be dipped regularly in the water of God's word so that we can remain firm against evil. Verse 17 tells us, take the helmet of salvation. 
Today, we fight our spiritual battles mainly on the battlefield of our minds. So we need to protect our thinking all day long. The helmet is for protection for your head. We need to fill our minds with the hope of the gospel, the hope of eternal life in Jesus. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. It speaks to the holiness and the power of the Bible. There is no greater spiritual weapon. When Jesus was tempted, he was able to defeat Satan because he used the words of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So in addition to wearing this full armor, we cannot neglect prayer. The Bible tells us we are to pray without ceasing. Your world should be filled with verses that strengthen your faith. Additionally, make sure you don't place your faith in a circumstance, but that you place your faith in God's character. Don't put your security and identity into your own hands and remove anything that steals your confidence in Christ. Studying God's word in the Bible can help us keep our focus on him. Feel free to ask somebody that you trust to pray for you if you are struggling. Christians experience many struggles, but they should never be alone. We make easy targets for the enemy Satan when we isolate ourselves and we lose faith in God. But the Bible tells us, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus is always with us. He is in this room today. When your life is free of clutter, it becomes much easier to fully experience and appreciate such spiritual qualities like peace of mind and gratitude to God for the many blessings that he has given us. We are all made in the image of God, and each of us were created for a specific reason. God cannot use you if you are cluttered and defeated. He needs you to be prayed up, ready, and useful. There's not a person in this room this, here this morning that was a mistake or an accident. God knows, knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. You have great worth in God's sight. He made you and he made you for a purpose. He has a good and a wise plan for your life, a loving plan. And our purpose in life should all revolve around him. It is not about us. It is not about our wants, our satisfaction, or our success. It's all about God. Now that doesn't mean our welfare has no importance to God. We are incredibly precious to him. He loves us more dearly than we can possibly imagine. But he paid the greatest price for us. God gave his one and only son's life in exchange for ours by sending Jesus to die on the cross in payment for each of our sins. But it's crucial that we understand one thing. The way in which we come to enjoy all things God has for us is not by putting ourselves and our needs first. Instead, we are to seek and to follow God and fulfill his purposes. As Jesus promised us, 
If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Our goal is to understand why God brought us into existence and uncover his purpose for our lives so that we can embrace them and live them out, not fill them with junk. Then we will find the meaning and the purpose and the fulfillment that he intends for us to have. So here's what I want you to do with God's help. Worship is taking our lives and presenting them to God daily as an offering. Romans 12 in the Message Bible, I think, says it best. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around self, and place it before God as an offering. So my question is, what does your life look like? God loves you just the way you are. He is working in each of our lives, using our strength and our flaws for his good purpose. No matter what is happening in your life right now, your story has an amazing ending. Though your way may now look dark and gloomy, there is a brilliant, everlasting light at the end of your earthly journey if you have Jesus in your heart. The more you put hope in Jesus, the more his love and his light will shine upon you, brightening your day. I believe that God would be honored if we made spiritual transformations instead of the traditional resolutions. Some ways we can do that would be to read your Bible, get involved in a ministry here at the church, share your faith with friends and family, Take a step of faith that is so big that only God can make it happen. Resolve to represent him no matter what the cost. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. That's found in 1 Peter 4.19. The truth is, in light of eternity, life on this earth is very brief. James 4.14 reminds us why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are but a mist, a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We are only passing through this world. The things that we should focus on and pour our attention to are the parts of us that will outlive this earthly life. And that's our eternal soul and the legacy we will leave behind. Let us pray. Father God, I pray that right now you will wrap your supernatural arms around each and every person here. Strengthen each of our bodies, our souls, and our spirit. Cover us with your precious blood, Lord, as we start this new year. Let the living water of your divine presence saturate all the hurt places and heal all of our wounds. Strengthen us with your supernatural strength. And Lord, as we go into 2024, I take authority over all the power of Satan and destroy all the plots and plans meant for our harm. Lord, because of you, we have victory. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us into all the things prepared for us. Give each and every one of us strength, courage, and boldness. Fill us with every good thing that comes from the throne of God. 
Amen. Now here's a quote from Rick Warren that Jack sent to me and said, here, you need to say this. Transformation is a process. And as life happens, there are tons of ups and downs. It's a journey of discovery. There are moments on mountaintops and moments in deep valleys of despair. Amen. Hold my hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nothing new how could I express all my gratitude I could sing these songs as I often do but every song must end and you never do
right, everybody. Have a terrific week. Um, and go out and follow up some of these transformations that Laura talked about. Have a great week, everybody. God bless.